Hey guys, I just wanted to reach out to you and let you know that Sherwinder is still selling amazing products. Some of you guys have been dragging your feet for whatever reason. If your shoulder hurts, do not waste time. Pull the trigger. I just bought uh, four or five of them and uh, we had two guys out. You know how much it cost me to pay for two guys being out with bad shoulders? We just pulled the trigger and we said, listen, everybody's going to have one on a truck. It's mandatory. You got to use it. Don't hesitate. Don't wait till your guys go down. It's going to cost you more. Buy a Sherwinder. What's up, Garage Door Nation? This is Ryan with Torsion Talk Podcast. And we're going to have a little fun today. But before we get cranked in and introduce our guests, we got Tamara. The Hello. Host. Yay. How are you today? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. Chilling. Good. So, um, I don't know. Did we announce the change on Torch Talk Podcast yet? Yes, we did last episode. Okay. I mean, not officially. You technically called me CEO, which I am not. Yeah. How do you? How are you enjoying the new the new gig? I love it. I changed my email signature, like I said I would, which is yep. very empowering. <laughs> Thank you. You're, you're a powerful woman. So Thank you. It was, uh, it was not gifted. It was earned. And um, I appreciate everything you do. Uh, do miss you, though. I know. I feel like you're not all in my business every day. Oh, <laughs> I still am <laughs> just in the background. I'm always watching. Sneaky, <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. So um, you want to chat a little bit about what's going on with GDU? Yeah, we've got some great, great things going on. We've been discussing the 2023 goals with all of our members. Um, we are coming off the, the summit, which was in the beginning of December. So one of the things we put to them was to really focus hard on setting goals for 2023. And most of the hot seats that we have uh, weekly have been focusing on moving the needle uh like greg giaquinto posted this morning um on making progress towards those goals so everyone's really focused we're still rolling out the benchmarking software that we're using um we've got a couple of guys that are graduating from our under a million group to our over a million group this year which mm -hmm. is fabulous that's fun uh, yeah so lots of big things in the works for sure awesome uh we did you mention the uh, benchmarking, the financial benchmarking? I did. Yep. Yep. We're so that's what I'm that. probably most excited about. Just being able to like uh, go in and look how your financials compare to other companies uh, in different categories. It's all anonymous. So you don't get to see like whose data you're comparing yours to, but you can compare it to your group, which is historically like within the same. Um, uh, financial range is yours, or you right. can compare it to the entire group, uh, which is a pretty wide range right now. I think you're looking at anywhere from probably a couple hundred thousand for some of our smaller, uh, smaller companies all the way mm -hmm. up to, uh, I think this year we have a couple companies that should reach the, the 8 million, $9 million range. Yep. Um, so we are trying to generate a new group, which would be our diamond group, uh, which would, uh, be more of our high rollers. Um, and so speaking of high rollers though, like I got this guy on this podcast tonight today and I'm super Jack. Like this dude is one of my favorite people in the industry, super humble, 
like I think he pretends he doesn't know and still stays engaged when he does know. Um, but he came out to GDU Summit, and uh, I know a lot of people learned a lot from him, and he still acted humble and asked questions, and I was just so impressed. Uh, he runs a rather large company, and he's got his hands in a couple different things. And so I'm super excited to introduce you guys to Jake Wolt. Man, I was like, I was like waiting for another picture to pop up on the screen. I was like, I didn't know this was a joint podcast. That's you, bro. Kind words. Thank you, guys. You deserve them. You're, uh, I'm, I'm, it's an honor to have met you and know you. Um, and we have something in common. Like I grew up a Raiders fan and you're, you're a diehard. I see you go to the games and stuff like you're, you're diehard, diehard. I am, you know, it's, uh, the first time I saw you was at, at the, the vertical track. And I knew you had a little bit of Oakland swag, even though you're not from Oakland, I just knew you had some Oakland swag. So I'll tell you a cool story. Did I tell you, did I tell you my story when I was out in Oakland, when I was a teenager? You did, but I want to hear it again because it's too good. I want to make sure everyone else knows about it. Yeah. So so as a teenager, I, I was a little bit of a, a wreck, right? So um, one of my best friends was from Oakland, California. His name was Shannon. And he was living in, in Oakland at the time. Uh, he had just moved from Atlanta back to Oakland. And he was like, you know, hey, guys, come out here. So um, me and a friend of mine flew out to Oakland, California to spend a couple of days. Uh, we were also uh, potentially looking for new hookups. Um so we're all hanging out and uh, we're at this house. I don't know where this house was at. I don't, I don't know. I just remember there being like a big tree. Um, and, you know, just passing a joint around, like no big deal, right? Like whatever. It's just a joint. It's California. It's California. It's normal. So uh, I hit it, of course. Um, like, you know, I was a champion of weed back then. So, uh, <laughs> Shortly after hitting it, I started feeling really weird. And uh, later found out that I was tripping and that I had smoked weed with embalming fluid on it. <laughs> like, who puts embalming fluid? Like formaldehyde? Like, like dead yeah. people. What the heck? I think a long time ago, the weed was so bad that they had to supplement it with something. So a fluid used to keep bodies, you know, dead bodies fresh (laughs) probably seemed like a good idea at the time. Dude, I like I think the reason I remember that tree is because I may have been hugging it later. I'm not sure, but uh it was a very, it was a very weird experience and not one that I like thoroughly enjoyed. Um, so usually I like to learn about those things ahead of time, but we, we went to like San Francisco, went to all the clubs, you know, it was weird too, because like back then, uh, my buddy was like, I was like, what are all those whistles? Like, why are people blowing whistles? And he's like, dude, that's, that's what the gay people do. And I'm like, what, what is that? why do gay people blow whistles? He's like, because people try to beat them up and what they'll do is they'll blow a whistle and all their gay friends come running and then they'll jump the people who tried to fight them or whatever. I don't know. That Most wasn't... people don't realize that that's what the origin of the two short song blow the whistle is. Is it really? No, it's not. Oh. I don't, I don't think it is. 
but I did see. I don't know if he was telling me the truth or not, but that was that was what he told me. I did see uh, one of the 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 great things. I went to the Vegas uh, the Raider Niner game, and during the halftime show, Ice Cube and Too Short performed. They're the best, dude. It was so good. Too Short from there. I got to see a school that he went to while we were cruising around uh, Oakland, so uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. We like we turned. It was right in our section to the stage right behind us, and I'm like, you know, even if the Raiders lose. Which they did at the last second. Uh, it was it was still a, a great experience. My kids getting to see Too Short and uh, and me trying to you know cover my four year old's ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too no, I, I probably swear more than Too Short or Ice Cube. Dude, I I still listen to Too Short, bro. Me, too, I'm on a Too Short kick right now. I'm in this. Uh, 90s 2000s hip-hop stage and bro it'll never go away that was the greatest era of like rap music ever. i agree and ne- next dog, week like the whole gang yeah next week it'll be probably like slayer and the week after that will be coldplay <laughs> yeah but going back you know talking about you know weed in california a lot of people smoke weed in california and i used to as a as a, i don't say a kid as a young adult and as a kid, but I can't do it anymore. I don't know if it's it's so strong, but if if I get high, I'll sit there and I'll trip. I'll I'll, I'll you know analyze my my where my the company is and where we could be and my kids and you know oh I'm itching somewhere I might have a tumor and I'm alive and I look down at my hands and I'm like, tumor oh, you're like super paranoid you're smoking the wall wrong weed though dude so like you know there's two different main types of weed one has like and people respond differently but like one creates like a head high and the other one creates like a body high I know sativa and indica yeah. and they both yeah. leap both of them do that to you Every, there's a there's a threshold and it's I, once i pass that i go from zero to analyzing life that's usually like the third blunt or you've just been hitting the bong all day long y'all i yeah, don't know if this me. is the conversation that we were meant to have this oh, is this not well i mean it's like educational because we're we're learning like our employees could be Wrong, yeah, I mean, this is this is good. This is good stuff. All right, it has a lot of podcasts. This was uh, they're blending right now. I'm, I'm on yeah. the I'm on the wrong one. Joe Rogan. Yeah, I know. I was about to say Jake this is some Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. So, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, we're not sitting here blazing up talking about aliens and whatever else. Uh, which, for whatever reason, I find like extremely intriguing. Listening to Joe Rogan get high and talk about aliens. Me too. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's amazing. I love it. All right. So uh, let's talk about Rightway. Um, Rightway's been around how long? I always say longer than I've been alive, since 1980. I was born in 81. So I always tell any rep here, when we try to build value in the company, I always say the first thing you say, except for the one guy over there, Ken Traxler, who's, who's older, is, you know what? This company's been around longer than I've been alive. And uh, what's so, your position there? Um, an owner and act and CEO. Okay. So I have a partner and uh and I, and he's out of the, you know, he's he's involved a little bit, but for the most part, he has a passion project. He's a humanitarian. He actually won, uh, won the uh 
2017 IDA award for his humanitarian works, humanitarian work. So he does that. And then I do all that. I won that award too. Did you really? Yeah. I did not know that. What year? Ooh. What year did you say he won? 2017. Atlanta. It was in Atlanta. Okay. I won. I won the next year. No way. It was 2018. Yeah. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, it was, a, it was a fluke thing um, because, you know, a lot of our listeners probably don't even know this, but uh, I've told the story before, so get everybody caught up. Uh, I had flown out. Do you know Kyle Hart? I don't. Okay, so I flew out to, to Vancouver to hang out with Kyle Hart and then his girlfriend and and also uh, Door Girl, who's um, – who, who, plays a major role in, in IDA. Um, and, and so I was hanging out with them and, uh, one night, like I was just super tired and I was rambling on and, uh, we were talking about all the different things, like different ways our businesses run and some of the things that we could learn from each other. And, uh, we were talking about employees and I, I think I, this was the angle that came from, I was like, you know, we do a really good job of like trying to help our employees, uh, find gratitude. And one of the ways that we do that is we, allow them to choose one customer a month to do a free service or um, like uh, a co- like something at cost. Um, and so this is would be like someone who just needs a break. It doesn't necessarily have to be financial. It could be, a you know, someone who lives in a $3 million house and maybe they just got divorced and the woman's really distraught or the man's really distraught and, and you just want to like show them that we care. And so, um, that that's like a program that we've been doing since we started the company. And I just kind of shared that we kind of just grown with it. And so our employees are able to give one of those away every month. And so um, later I get an email saying that I was, um, I was a finalist for, um, you know, or, or something uh, I was nominated, I think is what it was. And they wanted to know the story. So I gave them the story and then, uh, I, I became a finalist and they invited me out to wherever it was. I can't remember. And then I went out there and then I, I won it. I was like, dang, that's pretty cool. It's actually my favorite award to date. And uh, I want to beat that award because uh, I want to be the best place to work. Cause yeah. that would be the only award I think that we could get that might, um, that might be better than that. That's awesome. And congratulations. I did not know that. Yeah. Cool. So, um, so right way was RW, um, which I believe is probably abbreviation for someone's name, right? It was. So, uh, my partner had a partner years ago. His last name is Reed. My last name is Wold. His last name was Wang. So when his partner left in the early nineties, yeah, with a W in it, it, it was, it was like, it was meant to be. You know, he had to sift through all these general managers to finally find one with a, a W last name. And I was willing to change my last name to Wang <laughs> if, it, if, it, if it got me into a partnership. So, um, yeah. And, you know, so RW and um, at that event that I saw that I first met you at or I didn't meet you. I saw you on stage. Uh, I saw Dan Antonelli speak about branding. And Dan, like, if, if you guys, I always say, like, if you're small, now is the time to do it. Don't wait until you're, you know, you've got 20 vehicles on the road. Major shout out to Dan Antonelli. We, we met, talked about it. 
Um, we had a, uh, a an initial discussion, and he's like, I hate your name. And I'm like, you hate our name? He's like, yeah, I think you should change your name. And I go, why? And he goes, when I, when I hear our W, it doesn't make me feel any type of way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you, you know, if you want a, a real competitive advantage, you know, before you even get to the call or even before someone calls you, your name has to mean something to someone. So I fought it and I'm like, you know, I don't know. And I go, well, we have a, we have a franchise in Portland, Oregon. And uh, one of our customers said, RW stands for right way because we do things the right way. And I said that to Dan and, and we talked about it and he's like, dude, I love it. Change your name. So we've, we've now, he kind of built this brand around right way, which you see in the background, it's got the thumbs up, you know, it's very, I always said, I kind of want to be a best buy, you know, um, I want to cater to everyone and I want to be heavy service, heavy retrofit. And I feel like that brand is really coming to life. And the one thing that got me is I, I, I said to myself, like, I struggle with it. I can't, first of all, I got to go to my partner and say, Hey, we're, we're going to change our name. That, that was going to be one battle. The other battle is how do you change 42 years of, of, of doing business? And so I talked to Dan again and Dan said, it's not only going to speak to your external audience, but it's going to speak to your internal audience. So now we say, you got to get the job done the right way. Hey, I got a, I got a job that needs a pair of whites, but I only have, you know, a white and a yellow. Can I just, you know, overwind the spring? No. Is that getting it done the right way? No. Right. Go back and, and get the right That's materials. And uh, it's become now a part of our culture. It's a part of our core values. And it's something we really speak to. And uh, and when we go to a customer's house, we actually say that, you know, do you want to get it done the right way? And that's an example, like, that's a great example that you just gave right there. Because too often, owners don't even know that they put the few extra turns on it. Um, you know, there's a lack of accountability. We're not doing quality control checks enough um, as business owners or managers. Um, we don't have training facilities. Like, it's really hard. The, you know, most garage door companies, you know, will hire a new employee who has experience and throw them out on the road assuming that they're doing everything right and you can't do that like um you know even i've been tricked and fooled by people who say they're experienced and they're maybe they are but they're just lazy right and they're yeah. not into doing it the right way or you know the air and overhead doorway or the right way way the right yeah way. I, lo- I love it like because that's as a business owner that's one of our biggest fears right i mean can you imagine like you know, like a guy like Tommy Mello, he's got hundreds of technicians. We're all out there wondering like, okay, or making, want to make sure that our guys are doing the work and they're doing it right. And they're serving the customer, right. They're not overselling. They're not underselling. They're not, um, you know, uh, just making what they have work because they want to, they don't want to get in trouble. You know, that's something that we're really pushing is, you know, you know, nobody, you're not going to be held, you know, uh, held accountable if something's not on your truck and you choose to make it right and call us 
and have someone bring you out the part, I have to come get it. But if you try to fudge something and make it work because you're worried about getting in trouble, like as leadership, we're not doing a good job because that's not the narrative that we speak. And your your garage doors are dangerous. And um, we don't we don't play, you know. And, and I right now we were uh, I have a um, uh, a couple business coaches, but I won Megan likes. I know you know Megan. Love her, Love her. She's amazing. I meet with her like at least every other week, and we're working on some things together. And you know, she's like, "You need to raise your prices," and I'm like, "Well, you're right, but we need to raise our value before." You heard me speak a lot about that at the GDO summit. We need to raise our value. We need to make sure that our guys are a hundred percent trained right. You know, not just in their their skill set of what they're doing, but the way they talk to customers. And you know, that's really what we're pushing now is is making sure our guys are are trained. I can right now we have almost 70 service calls on the schedule. We can only do 20 a day. We're losing calls every day because we can't get out. We haven't been able to integrate the schedule engine yet because we're booked out so far. And we have people reset or cancel because we're not able to get out till Wednesday. And the answer is not going on indeed and hiring, you know, 10 random guys giving them a two-week crash course, and then throwing them in a truck. You have to build it now. You have to get strong now. And you have to have that. You can't have a scarcity mindset that, oh, I'm losing out on these you know, calls. You have to have the abundance mindset and go, hey, we're going to hire these guys. We're going to train them the right way. And we're going to inspect what we expect and make sure that they're serving our customers right. So good. So freaking good. I can, I can. So many lessons in that. If you guys, if you guys would listen to this, is I think it's so important. I mean, when you're talking the loss of a customer, I think that's one of the biggest challenges with garage door guys is that they'll do anything not to lose a customer. Anything. They'll they'll sacrifice their family, their personal time, you know pedicures manicures whatever they do they, they will do they will stop whatever and go do a job um and you know one thing that we did which is a little controversial here because you know we have a lot of companies who work on sunday seven days a week and right now we don't do any work on saturday or sunday neither do we because I want my guys to have that time with their family, their family's off, their kids are at sporting events and, you know, like go be with your family. Are we missing out on, you know, five, 10 grand a weekend? Maybe, maybe not. You know, if we do a good job of branding and building our reputation, people wait till Monday. Right. Yeah. I love it. We're, we're the same way. You know, we've thought about, um, going to Saturdays and giving that, you know, four tens were kind of, you know, a lot of stuff that I say, people are like, Oh, you know, you, you know, you really, you know, dialed in. We're, we're, we're working through this. Yeah. A lot of what I say is I'm speaking that I'm, I'm trying to speak this into existence, right? Like we're not dialed in where we want to be, right. but we're, I think one of the big things is recognizing where you need to go. If you know where you want to be. Yeah. And you, you're going to have to go to certain areas and make them right. We're a company. We we were the epitome of door whores. We would sell. I'm sorry, Tamara. 
I didn't mean to be misogynistic, but we would sell Clopay. Such a Cali thing to say. CHI, we'd sell everything. Oh, this customer is, they're buying a door from Carriage House. And even though we make our own doors, yeah, we'll go buy a door from Carriage House. 12 years ago, we sold it all. We take on any job, any install. It didn't matter. We were chasing dollars. And that probably one of the biggest things for me was the most growth that I, that in the area that I needed is you can't go after everything. You have to mm. do what's right for, you know, your team so they can do what's right for your customer. And the result is RW, right? Like you can never put Aaron's overhead door first. You can't even put your customers first. You put your team first. They put your customers first. And whatever's left, if that's going well, then we succeed. If, you're, if you're, your team is not treating your customers right, Aaron's overhead door will fail. And I think that's been one of our biggest transitions is, you know, we know you know, we could be, uh, do a lot more revenue than we do if we didn't turn down jobs. So, you know, if we worked every Saturday, every Sunday, and we had our guys working six days a week, but I don't know how sustainable that is. And, you know, you're really this advocate for culture. And I think with, you know, I'm 41. I think a lot of, you know, the guys that are working for us now in the early twenties, like culture is important to them. For me, it never was. I could show up to work, people could be disgruntled, Things could be in chaos, and I didn't care 15 years ago. The, the, the workforce now cares. They want to work in a positive environment. They don't want to, you know, live to work. They want to, you know, uh, work to live. And we have to adapt if we want to continue to grow and recruit, you know, these, these guys and say, hey, this isn't blue-collar work. This is work where you get to have a great time you get to talk to people, you get to work with customers, and you get to showcase the skill set. It's not like grunt work. And this is something that's ongoing and, and what, we're, what we're working towards. Bro, just dropping dimes, dude. You know, I'm taking so many notes. Yeah. So I know you think that this isn't good stuff, but this is good stuff. And the way, what I think it, it's, what's great about it is the way you articulate it. Like, I feel like you're a phenomenal teacher and speaker. Just the way you explain things, it makes it feel like I am receiving it really well. Consistency in everything, including price, reliability, quality, not just quality, but great quality control. These are things that describe Somer USA. Somer's not some startup company not one that you need to be worried about going out of business in the near future. Somer's a two, Somer and their family of businesses are $200 million companies. They're in over 100 countries, and they have locations in 20 countries. This is a large organization who stands behind their product and works through integrity. And there's not another company out there willing to drop what they're doing and help you out like Somer. These guys are awesome. Not only have they been loyal to the Torsion Talk podcast, they've been loyal to the technicians and the owners of the companies who install their product. In my opinion, if you're not at least offering Somer as an additional option, 
you're cheating yourself. Listen, first-time dealers, I've got a special for you. If you buy 10 or more Somers between now and the end of the season six, while supplies last, we will offer you free shipping. You have no more excuses. The prices are great. The product is amazing. Go check out Somer USA and order 10 for free shipping. You know, we've had quite a few people come here and you know, they'll go out with our guys or whatever, and they're from other companies in other states. And they'll say something like, man, I don't know how you get these prices. Uh, those We could never get those prices where I'm at. And I'm like, you're lying. Because everyone told me I couldn't get these prices here in Atlanta. Because you said door whore, like this is door whore world capital right here, Atlanta, Georgia. Like they're, there probably isn't much more, maybe Dallas. I don't know. Los Angeles might be a little bit, but like Atlanta, everyone's shooting to the bottom. There's 600 garage door dealers in the metro Atlanta area. Jeez. 530 of them are two to three people max. And they are just all at the docks at all the DCs. Cause there's like 10 of them here. And, um, you know, they, they they just want to put a stake on the plate at night that day. And if they don't sell a door or they don't do repairs that day, they don't get a stake. So they're yeah. mad. So they just, they just need to be able to get the stake. And so if you create a system and process, and what I like to tell people, I tell my team all the time is, you know, the, the, the spring change, you can get that price. If when the customer does the search, they see the reviews, they go to your website and they see good messaging and uh, you know, I call them social cues and trust cues on the website. And it feels like you're capable and that you've displayed well-groomed people who are certified and capable on the website. Uh, you got good information. And then when you call, you know, the girl answering the phone is professional and happy and enjoys her job and does a good job with listening and finding the solution and scheduling the appointment. Then you get the confirmation text with the information that you need. Then you get the reminder the day before you get. And when our technicians like have a good day, I'm like, dude, you're welcome. You know, go tell Bree or, you know, thank you. Go tell Chad in the warehouse. Thank you. Go tell Josh, thank you, the general manager, because here's the thing. It wasn't just you. You got the end result, but we set you up so nicely yeah. for it that your job is as easy as we could possibly make it. I've had so many people come here from other companies be like, dude, I don't know how you do it, but you got the best customers in the country. Like I've never walked in with people that are just willing to spend an abundance amount of money, get their door fixed or have a new door. And, and it's not that it's like, outrageously more expensive it's just they're used to getting grinded down by everybody bottom dollared right and and my customers appreciate the experience and are willing to pay for it you know you just said something that was awesome because you could have a, a spring change if, if i let's let's be let's say i don't know anything about let, let's say i don't know anything about garage doors i call john's overhead door and I call John and John doesn't pick up the phone on his first call. When I first call him, he calls me back two hours later and says, Hey, uh, did someone call my phone? 
<laughs> and I said, yeah, this is Jake. I'm looking for a spring change. And he says, cool. Yeah, I could come do that for $400. And I'm going like, okay. Um, he's like, but I'll come out and check it out first. John shows up in an unmarked truck. Maybe there's an old magnet. He knocks on my door. He smells, you know, he's got food all over himself, grease. Walk him in. Already as a customer, I don't feel very comfortable. Um, I go into the garage and John says, yeah, broken spring, $400. And I'm going like, you know what? Let me call you back. Because $400 to me, I'm like, man, that's a lot of money. So then I go, because I don't know how much a spring costs, right? Yeah. So then I call Aaron's overhead door and they pick up the phone right away. And um, the person is, you know, I say, hey, I have a broken spring. And the first thing they say is, you know, I'm sorry. That that sounds like you're going through a rough time. Please know that we're going to be able to get out there and we're going to be able to take care of the problem. And because this experience is so great, I'm not even asking about price or even talking about it. I get this scheduled. I already know $400 is my benchmark. You come out to my house, you show up, and you you knock on the door. I already got the text. I know who my technician is. Comes around. He doesn't even acknowledge the broken spring. He spends the time going through the garage, looking at everything. And then he says, you know, hey, Jake, you know, he's using my name looks good, speaks well, explains everything in a manner. And he gives me like four options. One's 3,000, one's, you know, 2,000, one's 1,200 and one's 900. I feel very good about making that decision because now I feel like I'm getting more value. Mm -hmm. Now it's not about the the dollar. It's about how much value Aaron's overhead door created. Right. And I think that's- Value is trust. It's value and trust. So when some, you know, price is subjective, right? That's expensive. Well, if I saw a brand new Lamborghini for $100,000, I would know that's a screaming deal because Lamborghinis cost $300,000. I feel like if I bought that car, I would get a ton of value because it's underpriced and I know I can flip it and sell it. In the garage door industry, it's not about price. It's about the value we deliver. And one of Rightway's biggest struggles right now is is delivering the amount of value uh, that translates to the price we're charging. Right now, I feel like we're providing a little bit more value. We give a two-year warranty on our retrofit installs. We're able to come out, you know, within a couple of days. We have salespeople giving, you know, doing the door designer, giving the right presentation. We have trained installers coming out. We're doing the conference text before. We're getting good reviews. So that's my gauge, right? We're getting a lot of five-star reviews. So I feel right now we're we're delivering the right amount of value. Well, I want to increase our prices by 25%. So that means I need to deliver 30% more value. This is really what I believe. So yeah, that means I need to I integrate. I need to have same-day scheduling. I need to have guys looking tighter. I need these wrapped vans pulling up with all of our, where the, the customer can walk in the back, pick their door. And I feel very good about charging 25% more. And I took all that, Hey, I need to talk to my husband. I need to talk to my wife. I need to think about it because we've already provided an experience where we've walked them through, we've consulted and they're able to choose the right door and they're not calling anyone else. So that's what we're building towards is creating that value. That's excellent. I love it. It's so good.
I'm moving to California. <laughs> no, Joseph Roberts, I love what he said. He got up there and, and first of all, GDU, that summit was awesome. And, uh, you know, Thomas Keenan, I, he said something that was really amazing. He goes, um, he broke down the visionary and integrator. And we were in a room with like 40 business owners. <laughs> and what I realized, dude, is being a visionary is not that special, right? You gotta be, right. and you know, and, and I'm, I'm, this is my ADD moment. I got ADD really bad. Your post was amazing about ADD because I think with ADD and being a visionary, you recognize where you want to go and you recognize how to get there. But something pulls you from actually doing the work. Yeah. And it's, it's, I, I call it my, it's one of my hooks and it's like, I'll go and I'll know, okay, all right, Monday, where I'm going to do this. I know it needs to be done. I know it's going to provide a lot of fruit. And then I come to work and I see a, a butterfly outside. <laughs> no, I'm outside. I see you outside jumping yeah. up and down, trying to catch the butterfly. And then I'm in my office, I see a shiny ball going down the hallway and I'm chasing the shiny ball. Get a notification on YouTube, Raiders highlight video. You already know. And, and I go to myself, I go, man, if I could be more disciplined and uh, then... I know I could achieve better results. And, you know, I'm even looking at it with my health. Like if I can't get healthy and lose weight and be disciplined enough to eat right, how am I going to be disciplined enough to run a hundred million dollar company? And, you know, I, I'm, that's one of my struggles. I think I talked to you about that months ago. And uh, that's something I'm working on. I think your health and Tamara, I'll give you a shout out. I saw all the, the strides you made. You know, that's huge. That's a big deal. If you're disciplined enough to get healthy, what does that look like to translate in your career or in your business? I think they go hand in hand. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. So you have an announcement to make. I'm going to shift gears a little bit because you've dropped so many dimes. I don't even, I think people's heads are exploding. So uh, we can shift and bring you on another day. So, so people don't die from all the excitement. You too, guys. So uh, you and I kind of chat a little bit about a little project you're working on. So you want to share a little bit about that and how it's going to uh, kind of change the industry a little bit? I'm, I'm very excited to announce that um, a company that I've been involved with now for about six months, uh, they're a surfacing company. So think like DuPont. They have this proprietary um, application where they spray copper and zinc and metals on surfaces and do these cool intricate designs. And uh, they're based, they were based out of Australia. A guy bought the global rights. I got connected with them and uh, we're launching a garage door division. And we did this about four months ago where we're taking these high pressure laminates, spraying metal on them and attaching them to aluminum frames. And through this process, we got hooked up with Amar and uh, uh, the VP of marketing, Vicky, I don't know if some of you know her, really awesome. She's great. Uh, yeah, she's amazing. And uh, we got hooked up with her and, and Amar is looking to get in the luxury door space. And we have a door that's a luxury door. So over the last few months, we've worked on this partnership. We're in an exclusive negotiation with them. And just yesterday, 
And this is before Tamara even asked me for a favor to come on the podcast. Uh, we officially signed the agreement. I signed it yesterday. And we're launching this new product line with Amar um, featuring axolotl surfaces. So uh, it's huge. Uh, go to axolotlglobal.com. It's A-X-O, uh, A-X-O-L-O-T-L, axolotl. You have to add the global because if you don't, a little salamander will pop up. But uh, axolotlglobal.com. Um, check out our garage doors. We do pivot doors. Um, and yeah, this is a big deal for us. Um, you know, signing a contract with, you know, one of the largest garage door companies in the United States. They have amazing distribution. Um, right way buys most of their product from Amar. So I have a great um, relationship with them. And uh, I'm going to be running that garage door division in that partnership with Amar. And we're extremely excited about it. So uh, definitely want everybody to check it out. We'll be posting some stuff on social media and uh, start getting the word out now that we can. I think this is great. This is where I've taken my garage door company is more of a higher end. Um, and, you know, my kids have always told me that they feel like garage doors are boring and they like try to draw different designs and like come up with better looking doors. And there's just a lack of innovation i think right in garage doors as a whole it's cool to see you know the sterling from chi you got you know the same type of door that infinity glass with um wayne dalton um you can do a bunch of cool stuff with wood doors and full view glass doors definitely come on the scene like a big big trend um you know black flush doors but this is kind of looks like possibly like the new thing um I like you. I, I've been researching your company a lot. And it's funny, you could type in black flush door Vacaville, mm-hmm. which is where one of our locations and Aaron's overhead door pops up. And not the one that's like two hours away from us, the one in Atlanta. So your SEO is definitely on point. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's not going to be a product for everyone. You're not going to see it on everyone's home. It is considered a luxury product, but the stuff we can do, like um, I'm already working on a couple of different designs um, with Amar, uh, some full view options where we could literally take a full view uh, door and spray concrete on it, and it it be a light aluminum door, but actually be uh, have a concrete surface. So terracotta doing a Spanish style home, and we could take a door and we could spray terracotta on it to give it that Spanish modern look. So uh, I believe it's going to create this new segment, right? Like Lamborghinis and Ferraris, you know, there's high-end cars, you know, I know you love supercars, every event you have, you throw, you have an excuse to go <laughs> to supercars. So yeah, I mean, we're, we're really excited. Amar is extremely excited about the partnership and uh, we, we hope that it, it is everything that we believe it is because I put a lot of, a lot of time into it. That's great. And with doors like this, it's tough to sell because it's kind of like an unlimited option thing, right? Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta have, yeah. And, and do you guys have the ability to be able to mock these up? Uh, we do. So- yeah. So we have something, it's, it's a configurator. It's in the final stages and you'll be able to put in your size, your texture, your surface, and be able to see the door in 3d. So that's, something that we've been working on um, 
the CEO of, of Axolotl, his name's Maurice Levine. He's, he's become a good friend. He's one of those guys, he does things right. And what do we need to do to make this successful? We're not going to fail at it. Um, and uh, he's pretty much given us the green light. We're going to be at the Builder Show on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, IBS. And uh, Yeah, at IBS. And we'll be featuring the products there. I mean, he brought in an award-winning pianist uh, with a piano that's surfaced with metal and it's two-tiered and we've got our pivot doors and we have like our kitchen and 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 bathtub services. Yeah, he's 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 an awesome guy. And I think, you know, that's where we I want to be, right? You know, because I think one of the hardest things as a business owner is someone saying, Hey, we need to do this because it's the right thing to do. And you go, We can't we can't do that right now because you know we're our resources are somewhere else. And I think that's one of the most difficult decisions, you know, Hey, we need to, you know, carry X amount of more product. And, you know, it's like, you know, every dollar that's in inventory is a dollar that's not in your bank account. And sometimes saying, you know, I, I think I want to get really better at that is being able to, being able to explain why we can't do something. Um, but also, okay, well, how can we achieve what you're looking to do in a different, in, in attack from a different way and it still work. And I think that's just another struggle that I'm trying to make work is you see things that are wrong, but they're not on the priority to fix. But man, if you just fix them, you would accelerate growth. And uh, I, I really like working with Axolotl because I mean, on my business card showed up and they like altered the logo to have my initials and like the surfaces are on the back and they smell good. I think they rubbed like, I don't know, roses on them or something. And I'm like, I don't even want to know how much these things cost, but it's an image, right? I'm going to hand that business card uh, to an architect or to um, a designer. And that's going to be a partnership that is going to develop into something very fruitful. So you have to look, you got to create value in all the areas, not just the product. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. I mean, like, you guys need to go to the website, check out all these cool things that they're doing. Um, they have like a product drop down where you can look at entry doors, which the entry doors are absolutely amazing. They obviously have more options there uh, on display for photos, but it appears that you can get any of these textures on garage doors as well. And um, I think this could be like the next evolution of high-end garage doors. So the next question is like, as a high-end garage door dealer who, who sells to high-end customers who appreciate these types of things, how do we how do we go hooked up with you and start buying doors? So the way it's going to work is you have to buy through AMR. So you have to become an AMR dealer. And uh, I'm not going to plug AMR. Obviously, I've been with them for 12 years. Um, people have different experiences. But I think one through the one, one – one thing that I want to bring out is we're going to help Amar through this journey of opening this luxury segment. It's going to be separate from their Lincoln product and their even their Vista product. There's going to be a different way to order it. Um, right now, if you are buying from Amar, hit up your sales reps um, and tell them you want to hear more. I think a press release went out yesterday and they told pretty much everybody in the company, um, reach out to your local sales reps and then uh, go on the website and if you go to garage doors uh, there's a button where i think you can inquire 
and we're going to get that and we'll reach back out to you. And, um, you know, we want to make this easy for people to sell because it is not an easy product to sell. So we have the agreement. Now we're figuring out, okay, what does it look like to sit with a homeowner that's looking for high end and not give them a million different surface options and a million different use the configurator, but also tell the story and, and, um, and help the dealer by providing them tools with not just a web tool, but also the knowledge to be able to sell it at the price they're going to want for it. Um, because this is a luxury product that's going to be providing luxury margins for dealers. So um, it's not just for the consumer. And Ryan, you're ahead of it because I go on your website and we've had conversations like this is your your this is built for you. You know, you're offering these products. Anyways, I see these full view doors um, that you're posting and all these products. Like this is going to be a great product for you to sell. We just need to give you the tools and the knowledge to be yeah. able to sell it. Yep. It's, it, I, you know, it, when you're trying to, this is one of the most difficult things for a startup or a company moving into a new, a new vertical, right? Is, um, you know, how do you, how do you take a concept, an idea and um, have salespeople feel so confident in selling that concept so that they can get that first one in. And once they get that first one in and they see it from A to Z, that concept becomes reality and it's so much easier for them to sell. So that's y'all's challenge, right? Is yeah. to, try to create that and uh, and for us as dealers to embrace change. And um, for me, like I'm, I'm loving this stuff. Like I, you know, I, we work a lot with interior designers and they're going to eat this up. Oh, they're going to love it. And it's, it's a new, not only is it a new product with a new partnership, it's a new space, right? It's a new, we have to create the market for it. And uh, there's a lot of high, I mean, Atlanta, you know, I've seen there's a lot of high-end areas in Atlanta. There's these pockets, right? There's high-end areas in Texas, Park City, Utah, all over the country especially with, you know, people not having to go to the office every day, you know, people are moving all over the United States. So we think it's for everyone. I want to rewind real quick back to the GDU summit. Um, and just, you know, Tamara was awesome. Mm -hmm. So accommodating. Um, it was a really great event. Uh, I met a really, uh, there's business owners from small, large, I really enjoyed it a lot. It was one of the, probably one of the best. I think the GDU summit and the first vertical track where it was like so much energy and just crazy. Like those are two, and I've been to probably over a hundred events, probably two of the best events I've been to. And jo Joseph Roberts said something that was really awesome. He said, um, your, gross your gross profit is a target for, no matter where you're at, really, right? Like when you're building a business, your gross profit based on, you know, what you're charging is going to be the same. If you have a target of 20% or 10% EBITDA or whatever it is, you're going to have to charge accordingly. And it really opened my eyes to seeing that whether you're in San Francisco or you're in Austin, Texas, or you're in Boise, Idaho, the price is the price. You might have to deliver more value because, you know, the homes are less or whatever it is. But if your target is, you know, to, to, to succeed and, and make money and have a really 
what I would call not just profitable, but healthy business where it's putting money in the bottom line, you're able to pay your, your team right, you're able to expand, then you got to charge what you charge. And you just got to spend the time building the value. And he did a really good job of, of breaking down gross profit, gross margins, revenue, everything in a, in a way that I haven't seen a lot of people do it. There's one other guy, there's a guy named, his name's Tyson Freeman. And he's a VP of customer success at Service Titan. And we work with them. They have an advisory services where it's kind of like an a la carte. You can work with them on Service Titan on some things. And we've hired him to like do budgets for us and things. And uh, he explained it really well too, right? Like it's not about marking up product and saying, okay, I'm going to take this $100 and charge double or 2.5. It's what is my overhead, breaking down the overhead per month, per day, how much overhead is each technician going to have to cover per hour? And then adding my gross profit target on that on top of it. So it's, it's, uh, uh seems complex, but I, I really enjoy seeing guys preach to do things the right way and not just, I'm going to double my price or triple my price. It's no, I'm going to be very strategic and, um, win my pricing and make sure that if I'm going to build this formula and it's going to translate into success. And if it doesn't translate into success, I'm not working the formula. The formula is still right. I've already determined it. It's I'm missing the mark somewhere. So I really, I got a lot of knowledge from your summit and I look forward to the next one. Thank you, bro. That's huge, dude. It makes me feel good. Tamara did do an amazing job. So thank you, Tamara. Again. I don't smoke at events usually. I mean, I'm sorry. That's usually when I do smoke. It's like, do you need anything? I said, can you find me a cigarette? And she found me a cigarette and a lighter within five minutes. <laughs> I'm resourceful. You are. I appreciate you. She's good. Well, bro, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, huge announcement. I'm really excited about the high-end stuff. I'd love to get some samples. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but. Got them, uh, I got boxes behind me. So I'll get, I'll get you hooked up with um, your local rep. And I'll make sure you get some samples because I know that you're going to be our top dog. Yeah, I'll put them in my showroom, uh, especially our new one in Buckhead, where it's like uh, that those would do very well there. Beautiful. So I appreciate the invite. Thank Tamara, you so much. I couldn't say no to you. Oh, I really like how you ask me for a favor <laughs> um, and not just so. Uh, but no, I had a lot of fun and it's always great talking to you, Ryan. Same. Feelings the same. Go Raiders. And uh, thanks for coming on the show, bro. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a, have a good one.